0: It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear.
1: And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, more information about the show can always be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. You can also listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We begin this morning with Kenya Hunt. Kenya is the author of the book Girl, Girl, Girl on Womanhood and Belonging in the Age of Black Girl Magic. It's our pleasure to welcome Kenya Hunt to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Kenya. How are you?
2: Hi, I'm well. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Now, the new book, Girl, 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 and I'm probably not saying it right. (laughs) You can help me out there. But um, you were born and raised in the United States, and now you live in London. What took you way over to London?
2: Well, I had an opportunity, basically, to a job offer here. And I had never lived abroad, really. I was born in Germany and moved back to the States. And um, I grew up with loads of friends who would go and study abroad, and I never had the opportunity. So when, they, when I had the, uh, the offer to, to move to London and work, I just jumped at it.
1: Okay, good. And so let's talk about this. Now, what is the black experience like in London versus what you experienced here in the United States?
2: Well, I mean, I can't speak for the black experience, but I can speak to mine, which is, you know, I think there's some similarities, you know, when I look back and reflect on my experiences here in the U.K. versus in, in the States. And then there are some very near, very noticeable differences as well. I mean, I think people tend to view the U.K. as being this post-racial country um, where race isn't quite the issue here that it is in the States. And I think that's a misconception. Discrimination, you know, racism exists everywhere. And I've encountered it on both sides of the Atlantic. I think the differences are that um, it's, a, it's more insidious here than it is uh, stateside. Um, where it tends to surface in ways that can be more overt. But also I just think it's, um, you know, the experience of, of black womanhood, though, on both sides of the Atlantic, you know, it can be quite complicated, you know, very nuanced, but also just very joyful as well in terms of the communities. I mean, I, with this book, I write the vast majority of it, but I wanted to share this with um, women who I personally am inspired by. And I have to say the common experiences on both sides of the Atlantic are the, the girlfriends that I have, the community of women around me who have really inspired me, but also been the making of me. And so this book is very much in tribute to them, um, the women who I know personally and the women who I don't, who I, you know, it's basically a real reflection on how we advocate for each other as black women and show up for each other in, in a world that often um, does not see us or recognize us. Okay.
1: Now, i um, speaking of that. Now, you work in the fashion industry, and you say that you're often the only woman of color in the room, and sometimes that can be exhausting. And then you say um, you feel a sense of hopefulness. Um, explain that for me.
2: Um, yes. Yeah, so I think you know, fashion has a, a history of being a very homogeneous industry, and um, it's you know a world that's really built on exclusivity. Um, The idea that, you know, the more rarefied, the better. And as a result, it can be difficult for people to access. Um, And so, and to be frank, yes, for most of my career, I've spent, um, you know, there have been moments, a lot of moments where I've been the only black woman in the room, whether it be a room of 5, 10, or 1,000 sometimes, or 100. So I think that can be quite an isolating experience. Um, And also, it can be quite exhausting when you're trying to do the work of helping to create opportunities for other black women to get a seat at the table and other people from marginalized groups, as I have done for a number of years.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the new book, Girl, Girl, Girl. Um, Tell us about the book and how you put it together, because I understand it's a series of essays. Um, Tell us about the book.
2: So the book is really, I mean, it's a collection of essays, and they really explore, explore moments that are deeply personal and then sort of more big picture cultural moments, um, that have, you know, made headlines or just really kind of defined and shaped the years or our lives. And that's everything from, you know, the, the Grenfell, the burning of the Grenfell Tower here in London to Trump's inauguration to the, the Black Panther premiere that I went to here in the UK to Aretha Franklin's funeral. Um, and then just a range of deeply personal moments as well. Um, from my life, but also from the the lives of the contributors. And they include Abele Okobi, who is a head of public policy at Facebook um, for, you know, the Middle East. And she tragically lost her brother to police brutality in California. And she writes about that experience, um, what that experience is like when you lose someone you love and you watch them become a hashtag and a social media asset, and you watch people mourn them, and you watch that person become a headline, and um, and you have to live through that. Um, and then there's, you know, a dear friend, Sumi Feto, is a contributing editor at Vogue and beauty director of The Observer, and she writes about her experiences navigating racism and colorism in the beauty industry while also speaking out against it while being a part of that industry, you know, the experience of that. And then there's Jessica Horn, who's an incredible Feminist and activist who, with roots in Uganda, who writes about her solidarity work, um, and but also what it means to sort of advocate for um, equality and what feminism means in sort of the, the, in a world of um, wars and like human rights abuses. So there's a real range of stories, and I, I, I hope that just kind of really just also communicates, you know, the very the reality that. There isn't one way to be black. There isn't one way to be a black woman. You know, um, we all come from a range of places throughout the diaspora. And as a result, our lived experiences look different.
1: Okay. Now, Kenya, you talk about, in the book, you talk about uh, being a mother and being a mother of black children. Um, what do you want readers to know and understand about that?
2: Well, I think for readers who are black, black women in particular, I hope that they will read this and see themselves and recognize themselves in this, um, you know, and, and feel seen. And then, I mean, I think for readers who, you know, who aren't black, you know, I hope that they will read it and come away with a different level of understanding and empathy.
1: Of all the essays that you feature in this new book, which one was um, the, the most mo- emotional for you to put together, um, maybe to write? Kenya. Um, you?
2: Um, I, well, I wrote about the poor maternal health outcomes of black women and as a part of that, I ex- explored my own journey with, um, fertility and so, you know, that, that was deeply personal to me and, you know, I had to sort of, um, revisit some painful chapters in my own life, um, that I thought it was important to do, um, and I wanted to share that experience in the hopes of normalizing or talking about loss, um, and um, miscarriage and abortion um, in an effort to help women feel safe and comfortable with sharing these experiences um, because we do need to see change. The statistics are quite scary. These are statistics that transcend socioeconomic backgrounds and education and things like that. You know, um, the, the statistics are just bad for black women across the whole on both sides of the Atlantic, and it needs to be discussed. I wouldn't say that that chapter was difficult to write. It was just quite tricky in a way because um, it was so deeply personal.
1: All right. And with that, we're out of time this morning. Kenya, if our listeners would like to find out more about the book, and again, the title of the book, I'll let you say it, Kenya. (laughs) The title of the book is?
2: Girl, girl, girl. um, And it's all womanhood and belonging in the age of black girl magic.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Kenya. If our listeners would like to find out more about you, more about the book, how can they do so?
2: Um, you can find me on, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter as Kenya Hunt and on Instagram as Kenya Hunt. Uh, the book is available at, at most retailers, but I highly encourage people if you're considering buying the book to use this as an opportunity to support your local your local bookshop or your independent or ideally black owned retailer.
1: All right, thank you so much, Kenya. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. No problem. We've been speaking to author Kenya Hunt. From our home in London. Stick around. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine in a moment.
0: Social distancing tip.
1: Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov.
0: Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health.